0: The Get Rich Slow Club podcast is a collaboration between Tash Edgman from Tash Invest and Anna Christina from Perla. The Get Rich Slow Club acknowledges the traditional custodians of the land we record on. From coast to coast, across land, waters, and communities, we pay our respects to elders past, present, and emerging. Any advice is general and does not consider your financial situation, needs, or objectives, so consider whether it's appropriate for you.
1: Welcome to the Get Rich Slow Club podcast, where we take you from beginner to confident investor, where we can teach you everything you need to know about investing. So come get rich slow with us.
3: Hi, Anna. Hi, Taj. How are you? I'm very good, very excited to be here. This podcast is all about taking you from a beginner to an expert investor, going through all the steps in the right order that you need to learn how to invest.
1: Yes, this season is going to equip you with all the tools so that you can start investing. I know for both of us, we've talked about how we were really overwhelmed when we wanted to start investing and we didn't know where to start. And uh, this podcast is literally a step-by-step process to get you to a confidence space.
3: Yeah, I know when I first started, there was so much information everywhere. I didn't know what was applicable. I didn't know what order to learn it in. It was just so overwhelming. So our hope here is to make it a lot more simpler.
1: Exactly. So let's kick it off. But before we do, Tash, who are you and what do you do?
3: Good question. My name is Tash. I post online under Tash Invest, where I share how I save, invest and make money. Um, so I post on Instagram and TikTok, which is lots of fun. I work as a positive behavior support practitioner, which is very exciting. I just recently finished my occupational therapy degree. I like to boulder. That is my hobby of the year at the moment, which is lots of fun too.
1: Boulderings amazing. Makes you mm. so strong. I love it. It's good. <laughs> And I'm Anna. I'm head of product and community at Perler, which is a wealth management platform. If you haven't yet, absolutely go and check it out. I also am passionate about personal finance, technology, and uh, parenthood. Yeah. Anna just recently had a new baby. Yes. I've got two little humans and they're lots of fun. Another fun fact that I always say, I don't know why, is that I love cheese. It is my favorite food. Cheese is good. That's a good fact. Cheese is expensive. We need to invest to have cheese, maybe. No, <laughs> yes. cheese is good. <laughs> invest in my fridge. Yeah. Yeah. Um. <laughs> So um, let's talk about investing. I know that often when people talk about investing, eyes glaze over, but we're going to try to simplify it. And we're just going to start with a simple space of why people invest, why you invest and what is your reason. So Tash, why?
3: Yeah. Why is such an important question because I feel like we all know that we should do a lot of things. Like we know that we should save money. We know that we should plan for our future, but without having that why attached to it, it's really hard to actually achieve those goals and be really motivated to work towards it. So my why for investing is freedom. Mostly overall, Um, I want the freedom to work whatever job that I want. I want the freedom to travel. I want the freedom to like afford to be able to live and not be stressed about it. So yeah, freedom is a huge one for me.
1: Yeah, freedom is a big one for me as well. The other one is security. So now I have a family, and it's really important for our family to be secure, both financially, health-wise, you know, if, if something happens and my partner and I lose our job, that our kids are going to be okay. So a big part for me is my family is my why and why I invest, yeah. Why did you first start investing? What was the first step into investing? Oh, um, you know what? I was always a bit of a saver, so I had money saved and I didn't know what to do with it. And I knew that rich people invested and I didn't know what that meant. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what? What is investing? Oh, my gosh. It is, you know, lines going up and down, red flashing. Yeah. It's uh, the four monitors and the day traders yes. sitting there watching all the screens. But it's really not that. I think it's completely different. So, if someone starts, wants to get into investing and start somewhere, what is the, one of the first things that you explain, Tash? That investing is exciting and not that hard,
3: maybe. Um, no, I think it's really important to kind of explain how investing works and like what is the coolest thing behind it. Albert Einstein defined the eighth wonder of the world as compound interest. I don't know if he was being serious or joking, um, but I think compound interest is so important to learn about.
1: So, what is compound interest?
3: It's just your money
1: making more money on its own magically, just this magical thing. Oh, it really is magical. Like here's an example. So Tash, would you rather have a penny and have that penny double every single day for a calendar month or a million dollars?
3: A million dollars sounds great. I want to say that one, but
1: I know the penny ends up being worth a lot more. Did you want to explain how? Yes, it does. So In compounding, you know, the penny is only worth one cent the first day, two cents the second, the third day it's four cents, then it's eight cents. Doesn't sound very exciting. Where it gets really exciting is when time does the magical work, which is how compound interest really works. It's over time and compounding. So on the 29th day, your money would be worth $2.684 million. Okay, that sounds like a lot of money. But the next day, the 30th day, the very last day of that month, it would be 5.368. Now, if you're not a numbers person, that is more like, that is a lot of money. That is more than that. That is way more money from that one little penny. So yeah. And then it doubles again and goes to 10 million. just keeps going. It just keeps going. Yes. Compound Compound
3: interest (laughs) magic. One of my favorite examples of this, though, is how an everyday person can become a millionaire just from investing $100 a week, which sounds pretty cool. But for example, if you saved $100 a week for 40 years, you'd end up with $208,000, which is pretty cool. Still a lot of money, not millions and millions yet. But if you instead invested that $100 a week into an index fund, for example, returning an average of 7% a year, you'd end up with over a $1 million, which is insane. That's like $830,000 more just for investing rather than saving.
1: So I've got a question for you cuz a lot of people might be like, "Oh, compounding sounds great, but I just don't understand how that works. Like how does how does that happen in investing and not saving?"
3: Yeah. So it's the your money making more money pretty much. So just say you invested $10 and you made a 10% return, which is huge. So then you'd have $11. If that $11 stayed invested, you would make another 10% on that. And then you'd end up with what? $12.1. And it just keeps going and going. So the money that you've made ends up making more money as well. So if you see like the cool compound interest graphs, the amount of money that you invest stays pretty similar and like just grows in a similar amount. And then the graph just explodes and goes up so much. You should play around with the calculators online. It's probably the easiest way to explain it. I remember the first time I saw a calculator like that, and it was just insane. Like the longer you invest, the more, just the more money your
1: invested money makes, if that makes sense. There's a compound interest calculator on Perler that I use, and it's really fun to actually just see how, you know, project a growth, you know, if, if you want to invest a hundred dollars, like you suggested or a thousand dollars or whatever that might be, what are you going to have after 10 years, after 20 years, after 40 years? Because even if you're not a numbers person, I'm not, I'm horrible at math. Honestly, it doesn't matter because it really comes down to behavior, doing the same thing, keeping invested and just waiting that long-term timeline.
3: Yeah. I think it's so cool. Cause everyone, a lot of people ask me if it's worth investing like $5 or $10, or if it's not worth it, unless you're investing thousands, and thousands, but I think it's really cool to put in those small amounts and see how much of a difference it actually actually makes over a long term, especially if you're young and you've got like 40 years on your side, like those $5 a week will make a huge difference.
1: Exactly. And you know how you talked about your first time seeing a compound interest calculator. One of my first experiences is seeing a graph that talked about someone investing $100 between 20 and 25 and then never investing again versus someone who had to invest from like 50 to 60 or 40 to 60. Time really does that heavy lifting. So the earlier you start, the better.
3: Yeah, it's, it's all wonderful to talk about, but I think it's really important not to focus on what you could have done earlier as well. I think we've all seen those annoying things everywhere. It's, it's, it's like if you bought one Apple share on this day, you would be a billionaire. And or what was your one? If you bought shares <laughs> at the start of the
1: stock market you would be dead. (laughs) Yeah, Like not helpful, not helpful at all, especially people my age, you know, I'm a, I'm a tad older. So, um, you know, if you, if you feel like forties, fifties is too late to invest, it's not, it's never too late. The best time to plant a tree Tash, when is it (laughs) a hundred years ago? Or the second best time is today
3: and we can't go back a hundred years. So here we are. (laughs) Yeah. So just
1: let's just get started.
3: Yeah, tell me about your first investment. So you told me about why you started because rich people invest and that's what we should be doing, but tell me all about your first investment and how it went.
1: Oh, yeah. So I was overwhelmed. I um there's this thing called analysis paralysis where you read all the stuff and you never feel like you're ready to invest. So I sat on this specific um savings that I had for a while and I wanted to find the cheapest broker and I wanted to find the best index funds and ETFs, which we'll talk about more later, what those are. And it was overwhelming. And I finally, you know, talked to a couple of friends over lunch and decided to pull the plug and invested into, I think like 10 different ETFs because I didn't want to pick the Wrong one. I was scared. I wanted to be diversified. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So instead of yeah, that's that's my my first journey. What about you?
3: Yeah, my dad set me up with a brokerage account because he'd always told me investing was good, and he just told me to buy an S and P five hundred index fund. So I bought an S P five hundred E T F, which is a good choice. Very good choice but I had no idea what I was doing. And then after that, I wanted to find the cheapest broker, the cheapest fees, the best plan ever. And I, so I initially invested a thousand dollars and then I just didn't invest for like a year after that maybe, because I was just obsessed with finding the best plan and making it be perfect, which is never going to be perfect. Yeah. So it was a good start. But then I definitely felt the analysis paralysis as well, where I didn't actually like take action. And if I just consistently invested in that same ETF, I would have been like in a really good position from that. But instead I was like, oh no, I want to save 50 cents on brokerage. And I want to buy 10 different like random fancy ETFs about like healthcare and dividends and tech instead of just sticking to what was probably the best at the start.
1: Yeah. Sometimes I think for me, I wish I just started with one ETF and just got used to that and just kept investing in that instead of getting totally confused and overwhelmed and wanting to do it all. Or a lot of people just wish that they invested earlier, right? Because there's that opportunity cost of analysis paralysis. The longer you wait, the less time you have to be doing the thing. And um, you're just wasting time and energy when really you could be investing earlier. Yeah. So.
3: Well, it's, if you wait a few years, the market would have probably gone up a lot. And it's like, maybe if you're losing $10 in brokerage, it's worth it just to start investing now. Cause you'll probably make that gain back. And I'm not saying you have to go start when you're not ready because you definitely have to be ready. And there's lots of things you have to do before
1: you start investing, of course, such as pay off debt. So this is that that's yeah. one of those things that this, this podcast is for people who are ready to invest. If you have a lot of debt, that might be something you want to look at prior to investing.
3: Yeah. And things like having an emergency fund and going through and deciding whether you want to save and invest. But we'll talk about that a little bit in later episodes as well, timeframes and stuff
1: like that. Let's not overwhelm everyone straight away. So going back to opportunity cost, I know inflation is a big thing that gets discussed, Tash. Why is inflation something that people need to consider when investing?
3: If we are just putting money in a jar or under the mattress, our money is going to lose value. So inflation is trying to target it to be an average of like 2 to 3% a year, but it's the cost of everyday things just going up. So we need our money to grow to keep in line with inflation. Otherwise, our money isn't going to be worth what it used to be worth.
1: I don't know if that's a great explanation. Do you have a better one, Anna? Oh, I think it's a good explanation. It's, it's kind of like the same way that you go to the supermarket and you buy milk or you buy eggs or you buy lettuce and yeah, they lettuce. get more and more expensive every year. And that's actually inflation, right? Your money can't buy you the same amount that it did before. So that $100 might have been able to get you a full grocery shop. And now you actually need $200 to get you a full grocery shop. So it's, it's literally like that, that cost changes in time as well. So that's another way to, of thinking of inflation. And so if your money's not doing anything, Thing, that same value, it loses value over time. And that's why investing is also really important and critical because it's not really about beating inflation. It's just keeping up with it in a lot of cases. Yeah, definitely. Like the minimum,
3: keep up with inflation. So you're not losing the value of your money from saving because saving is hard. It's very hard work. We want to save for our goals, but it's harder if your money is losing value as you go.
1: Yeah. And that's why
3: investing's fun because
1: uh, investing it makes fun. money investing while you lots sleep. Of fun. What
3: did you think about investing before you started? Like, what was your image of an investor or someone who invested?
1: Oh, it's gambling, of course, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My dad used to always say things like, I, you know, I lost money on the stock market, right? Like the people talked about that. That was, that was scary.
3: Um, I learned about investing when I was very young because luckily my parents were very open about money and they openly discussed everything. They talked about their mortgage, their interest rates, how much they were getting paid, why they were making decisions like that.
1: Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash people today.
3: And so I was very, very lucky to kind of see that as I was growing up and to know that we could invest. But I did really think you had to have like a finance degree and you had to be really smart and you had to know what you were doing and you had to have all of these things before you could start investing. And I only saw like my dad's friends investing. So it was only like the middle-aged men investing and no one else. Like my mom didn't talk about it. My mom's friends didn't talk about it. My other friends didn't talk about it either. So I definitely had this like idea of what an investor looks like in my head.
1: Basically, you're talking about limiting beliefs, right? Like yeah. believing these things, like investing might not be for young women or people of color or because those are the people that we saw on the stock market movies. You know, yeah. Well,
3: like, there's so many, I guess it's like, I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. Exactly. I don't have enough money is a big one as well. People thinking they need a huge amount, but like investing is how you get rich. You don't need to be rich to invest.
1: Exactly. And once you kind of overcome that, it, the world is your oyster.
3: <laughs> yeah. You can invest and be, be rich. Or the goal is maybe not to be rich, but just invest and like have more freedom. Or just to get rich slow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Get rich slow. Get rich slow the realistic way with us.
1: Yeah. Yeah. None of this gambling.
3: I think one of the biggest limiting beliefs was like how much time it takes to invest. Like I was initially was like, oh, I don't have enough time to research this and learn about it and to monitor my investments. There was a really cool study. Did you
1: want to tell us about that? Yeah. Uh, Fidelity did a study in 2013 and they found that some of the best investors were either dead or inactive. So not not I love suggesting this. this is my favorite. This is my favorite study. I love it. <laughs> not suggesting you should die, but the thing is the less you tinker and if you're invested in a very broad index fund, chances are you're just following the market and it's doing its thing because you're invested in some of the biggest companies in the world, you're going to be better off than those people who are trying to time the market, trying to get the the biggest You know, hottest stock because you're not touching it.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Well, there's all those studies as well about how like passive funds end up winning out over active funds as well. Or I think we all kind of like get involved and get inside our heads a little bit and think that we can be better. Like I definitely did this during COVID. I decided to buy a leveraged inverse ETF. So every time the market increased, I lost twice that amount. Cause I was like, Oh wow. COVID's happened. Like surely the market's not going to go up that quickly, but I was wrong. So I lost like $5,000 in that. And I was like, Oh no, the market surely will drop. Like everyone's saying the market will drop this can't be happening. But anyway, that was because I deviated from the plan instead of just like buying and holding my index funds that I'd researched and knew were good and were backed by all this research. I was like, no, let's buy this fancy new ETF, which wasn't ideal. So I should have listened to Fidelity. I know that now.
1: (laughs) Not touching, not, not touching your investments.
3: No. What was your biggest investing mistake so far?
1: Oh, um, so at one point I had money invested and I was traveling. So I love traveling as well. And I took all my money out, Because I was going to go travel, but I worked along the way and didn't touch all that money. And then that money sat there for a year, for two years, for many years, for many, many years. And um, when I look back, I've lost the opportunity on compound interest, right? That opportunity cost was huge. It would, that money would have been worth way more. It just sat in a savings account gathering like cent here and there. So yeah, um, I definitely had that as
3: well. Like I invested for yeah. sure when I was 18, but I didn't invest consistently for so long. And I was just like, Oh, look at this new fancy shiny ETF that I want to buy instead. Or like, let me spend years researching it too instead of just buying it.
1: Yeah, consistency is key, I think, as well, right? Just like dollar cost averaging, you know, just just doing the regular thing over and over again, nothing fancy. Yeah. You know, it's it's like going to the gym. I feel like investing is like going to the gym. You're yeah. not gonna see abs the first day, you're not gonna see abs the tenth day, you're not gonna you see, abs never, never see abs probably never. Yeah. But the thing is, you're going to feel better, you're going to look better, you're going to be healthier. And you're going to see that in your bank account, right? You're going to see those numbers continuing to grow because you're doing the regular. Thing which is investing regularly.
3: Yeah. Or when you're just like exercising for health rather than like for aesthetic reasons, I think a lot of people want investing to look fancy and to show it off and to have all of these huge gains. But really, we just want it to tick along in the background, be healthy have a healthy life, healthy goals, instead of trying to like, yeah, make it this big thing at the front of all of our minds.
1: Those are great goals. So do you have any goals when it comes to investing?
3: My goals change all the time. So at the moment, I'm kind of focusing on just investing consistently. So I currently invest a thousand dollars a fortnight. That's my current investing plan. But overall, my goals are kind of around freedom I've changed my mind a lot recently. I used to have like very set goals where I wanted to have a million dollars so I could like live off that and kind of like hit fire, but I've moved away from that. Fire is financial independence, retire early, which is like a big goal and a why for a lot of people and why they invest. Um, but at the moment, I'm just trying to build a life that I really enjoy that has lots of balance and lots of freedom. And I'm doing all the fun things. So yeah, that thousand dollars a fortnight is kind of the consistency that will get me to those other goals. Then I have lots more fun goals. Like I want to get better at climbing and stuff as well.
1: It's funny that you say that because that's very similar to my experience. When I learned about the, the financial independence retire early movement, I was obsessed. I was like, I want to mm. retire early. This and is the coolest I- thing ever. Coolest thing ever. Like this idea that you can live off of your passive income, which I- investing provides. And we'll talk more more about that in future episodes. But the idea for me also, it's shifted for me as well. You know, Uh, the idea of just having opportunity, being work optional, spending time with my family. So it's less about, you know, not working and more about, can I create the life that I want for myself? And that's why investing is so important because if you're in a toxic relationship, or if you have a job that is horrible to you, having finances to be able to leave those really difficult situations is important, especially if you're a single parent, like just having, having a buffer. And that's what, um, investing kind of provides you, right? It's not about being rich and having a very sexy car. I think actually in this community, you'll see less of that. Mm -hmm. Um, you'll see more of the, like, how can I be intentional about my goals and the life that I build? And that's really what it comes down to.
3: Yeah. When I first started, I definitely liked the idea of not working. And then I was forced to not work during some of the COVID lockdowns. And I actually realized I hated it. And I just wanted like a meaningful job and a more balanced schedule. Like I might not want to work 40 hours a week, but I want to work... Like four mornings a week and I want to do something meaningful and kind of have that instead. So I think it's like a good idea to kind of look at how you want your life to be rather than setting all these really huge goals and kind of just taking small steps towards it instead.
1: And there's just one other thing that I was thinking about when it comes to investing that, that if you're new to investing, you might not realize because compounding happens and all these other things. There's also this idea of this thing called dividends, which pays you. So literally investing is a way to have passive income, is to make money. While not doing anything because you're invested in these companies. So just to, I just wanted to clarify that for people who are like, okay, I understand investing, but I don't really understand investing. I understand it's a thing I should do because literally you will make money from your money long term, right? It doesn't always happen every single year, but it is, it is a reason why... (laughs) we're talking about it.
3: Yeah. Well, it's like, cause every I think one of the beliefs about it is like, oh, your money will always go up. Like you're going to gain all this money and you're going to be rich straight away. But investing is definitely a really long-term journey and market fluctuations are very normal and to be very expected. So yeah, definitely a long-term thing to focus on.
1: That's why we're part of the get rich slow club, not the yes. get rich quick scheme and lose all your money because someone get rich, ripped you off. Realistically. <laughs> yes, exactly. So what are your goals, Anna? Oh, my goals, um, have changed as well over time, mm-hmm. but, um, I think the biggest one is to pay off the expensive house that we, that oh, we bought. Oh, yes. Yes. I've. Feel like housing in Australia ain't cheap, so that's a big goal. And then just to have passive income from investing. So originally that was the goal: just invest, and I ne- I didn't want to own property. And now with a family, those goals have changed. And so the two supplement each other, right? Because I want to be diversified. I don't want to just have all my money parked in a house. I want to be able to own a lot of, you know, Australian, US, international companies, and um, and that's a way that I do that.
3: Yeah. Having a deciding whether to pay off your mortgage or invest is definitely a big question I get asked a lot, but hopefully we'll cover that in future episodes. We will cover that in future episodes instead of going down that rabbit hole now. But yeah, that's a really good goal. Yeah. Um, I know Anna just mentioned ETFs a lot. They are exchange traded funds, but don't worry if you don't know what that is yet, because we are going to be covering that in future episodes in a lot more detail. Next week's episode is going to be all about the different types of investments to get us started.
1: Yes. So we'll dive a little bit deeper into some of these topics. This was just the first intro to get a little taste of what we're talking about. So I think we should just leave it there, Tash. But before we do, I think it would be really valuable to have some actionable takeaways. Tash, is there anything that you think our audience should do?
3: Yes. Um, today, I want everyone to either get out a notepad, get out your notes app on your phone, write it somewhere, but write down one why for investing or sorting out your personal finances. It's fine if you're not completely sure just yet. These will always change over time, but it's important to start thinking about it. So our whys were about freedom and quitting jobs or supporting children and having stability. But your why can be anything can be like you want a fancy mansion or you want to move to Europe or Bali, or you just want to have a little bit more flexibility in your life. Anything is okay.
1: And the second thing that I think is really important is to share that goal with someone. The thing with personal finance and just money in general is that it can be very taboo. But if you have someone that you can share your journey with we can normalize this conversation and then it doesn't have to be so awkward to talk about it. So just tell someone your financial goal, whatever it might be, and just start that conversation and they can potentially be your accountability buddy. And if not, you can actually message one of us and yes. we would love to hear your goal.
3: I so, love um, people talking about money. I'm always excited to hear people's money goals or their wise or what they're up to. So definitely. And I know it can be really, really hard to start that conversation. So literally just like in any way, you don't have to be like, I'm going to be a millionaire next year. Like that's a huge goal. You can just be like, I want to cut out one $5 coffee this week, and that is my money goal. Or I want to save $5 a week towards a holiday, and that's a money goal. And you can just start there.
1: Or I want to invest every uh, week consistently, $5. Yeah, yeah,
3: Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, that's a great way to start. And then when you start, a lot of other people will start opening up to you as well, which I think is great. Check out the Get Rich Slow Club Instagram to find our question of the week and for your chance to be featured on the show. We love hearing all of your responses, so please go and check it out. Yes, we love hearing from you. All right. Let's just leave it there. Thanks again, to Ash. This was fantastic. Thanks so much for listening. Please give us a rating. It probably wasn't our perfect first episode, but we'd love your support if you can give us five stars so more people can learn about investing. Share it with a friend. Give us your feedback. I'm always happy if you want to message me or Anna as well. But yes, thank you. Thank
1: you. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for joining us in this episode. If you found it helpful, feel free to leave us a rating or review or share with a friend. Make sure to follow us on social at Get Rich Slow Club, or you can follow Tash at Tash Invest or me at Anna Christina.
0: This show was brought to you by Natasha Etchman, who is an authorized representative 1299881 of Guideway Financial Services AFSL 420367 and Perla who is an Authorised Representative 1281540 of Sanlam Private Wealth AFSL 337927. Knowledge is power, especially when it comes to investing. So make sure you check out our Financial Services Guides and read the Product Disclosure Statement and Target Market Determination for any investments you're considering. See our show notes for more info.